Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It is now time for the bigger picture. And of course, helping us out is Yip Junrong, market strategist for IG. Junrong, um, we've been talking about this a lot. Oil prices. And funny enough, today, oil prices clearly in focus. What are you observing in terms of the developments here? Yes, if you look at the oil prices, it has fell a four percent overnight, coming after a surprise build in the U.S. crude oil and gasoline stocks, and on the technical front, that kind of led to the formation of a lower hype and kind of provide a downward bias for our oil prices. And on the line with us to help us digest the developments in the oil market, we have Shane Oliver, head of investment strategy and chief economist for AMP Capital. Hi, good morning, Shane. Good morning. Hope you well. Hi, thanks for joining us today. We have seen the OPEC Plus uh, raising oil output by just 100 basis point a barrels per day just uh, last night. Maybe you can help us to put this into context for investors. Well, it, it, it certainly helps. And of course, we did see the oil price come off a little bit overnight. I mean, I don't think it's enough in a longer term context, given we consumed something like 90 million barrels per day. Uh, so it's it's not a huge amount, but I guess it is a move in the right direction. And we have seen the oil price come off its highs, which I guess is good news. Yes. Yeah, so how much will this uh, OPEC plus addition kind of do for our oil prices, considering that, you know, we are also dealing with an economic slowdown and a potential recession on the horizon? How do you think oil prices uh, could play out over the rest of the year? My feeling is we've probably seen the peak in the oil price. You know, when we pushed it, depending on which grade you look at, but I think West Texas, around that $125 a barrel level overnight, we're sort of pushing down towards $90 a barrel. Obviously, we're going to see ongoing volatility in the oil price, and much depends on what happens regarding the war with Ukraine and whether there's any spread in tensions there, and also in the Middle East, where there is ongoing risk given the issues between the US and Iran. But I think as global growth slows and if there's no more disruptions associated with the Ukraine situation, then the likelihood is we've probably seen the peak. doesn't mean prices are going to come down dramatically. I think if demand slows, then OPEC will cut production. But I think we've probably seen the peak. So the, the contribution to inflation worldwide from oil prices will probably head towards zero. Um, obviously, if prices come down dramatically, then that could go negative. But I think we've probably seen the worst in terms of the, uh, the oil price situation. Mm. So with that on the broader theme of uh, global uh, inflation, uh, do you think the risk of uh, higher pricing uh, pressure is officially uh, behind us? It really depends where you look. I, I think in the US, probably in our region, it probably is. I mean, some countries, I know Australia where I am, is probably lagging the US by about six months. So there's probably still some bad news to come in Australia. But generally speaking, if you look at the US, it looks to me the peak is either now or it's behind us. Uh, if you look at freight costs, whether it's by air or sea, they have fallen. Uh, delivery times have declined. Um, order backlogs have fallen. Pricing surveys, you know, whether it's in the ISM index or the PMIs that get produced uh, globally, uh, they look to me to have peaked. And so all of those things, I think, are consistent with peak inflation having been seen or we're close to it. Now, of course, in Europe, it's a little bit different because the ongoing cutback in gas supply from Russia, and that's putting ongoing up its pressure on electricity prices and energy prices in Europe. So Europe may still have further to go, but I, I think 
uh, for most of the world, we may have seen peak momentum and inflation. The, the concern for central banks, though, is how quickly it comes back down. If it's only a gradual subsidence, then central banks will still remain hawkish. Um, but if inflation does surprise on the downside, and that's more likely next year rather than this year, then they will eventually change tack and may start thinking about interest rate cuts. But we've got a fair way to go before we get to that point. Mm. Probably I'll bring your attention to the uh, equities front. I mean, if we are talking about uh, inflation peaking, uh, but central banks still kind of uh, maintaining its uh, hawkish uh, stance for now. Uh, do you think we have really seen a bottom, considering that the risk sentiments have seen a tremendous improvement, especially over the past uh, one month? Is a bottom in place here? Well, it's, it's an interesting question. My inclination is to say no. I, I, I thought we, we would see more downside. And, and you can make an argument, yes, sentiment was very negative and then prone for a bounce, which is what we've had. But you could argue that the, that the bounce hasn't been as convincing as you may. I mean, I know the US share market's up 14% or something from its low, but you know, it, hasn't like, it hasn't had the sort of the thrust the upward thrust on high volumes that you normally see coming out of major market bottoms. And we've still got uncertainty about how, whether we're going to go into a, a real recession globally and how severe that recession will be. And central banks still have a bit further to go in terms of monetary tightening. So that's why I sort of, my inclination is to think, you know, we'll probably see a retest at least of those lows. But I think it is probably fair to say that the worst is behind us, that markets have factored in a lot of bad news uh, and we are getting closer to the the peak in interest rates, short-term interest rates. But uh, right here, I'd be a little bit cautious. I know August, September are rough months for share markets, so I'd be a little bit cautious. If you're already on the sidelines, I'd be averaging in on dip rather than putting it all in at these sorts of levels. Mm. Right, so do some uh, lingering uh, caution still in place. And last but not least, I mean, one of the key risk events uh, this week is no doubt the uh, US uh, non-farm jobs report uh, tomorrow. So just for an end, uh, just want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, what can we expect out from the uh, US labour market tomorrow? Well, we're looking for a further slowdown. Probably jobs growth of around 250,000 for payrolls. Uh, that's down from 370,000 in the month of June, so a a slowing in the pace, further slowing, uh, unemployment uh, staying around 3.6% and a further slight rise in the uh, participation rate. So it looks to me like the US uh, labour market is cooling and we got that impression if you look at the, uh, the job opening numbers that came out a day or so ago as well. But by the same token, it's still very strong. You've still got very low unemployment. Jobs growth at 250,000 is still pretty strong uh, for the US economy. So it's, it's sort of heading in a cooling direction, but it's still reasonably strong. So that's, I think, consistent with the Fed continuing to tighten, but ongoing talk that they may slow, slow down the pace of tightening from what they've been doing. Right. And there you have it, uh, Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.